So you may have noticed that we don't have intro music anymore. That is forthcoming. Someone is working on it. I don't know who it is, but it is in the works. Oh, by the way, I'm Connor Fowler. And I'm Matt Smith. And you are now listening to Apocalypse Duds. Here we are again on a, it was a pretty good, pretty good Wednesday, I would say. Gray, but not altogether terrible. Yeah, I I didn't I had the opposite experience. I hit five thrift stores and bought zero things. So uh, that that was my Wednesday. Dude, I haven't I haven't I haven't been to five thrift stores in one day, like probably since I was eighteen. Yeah, I mean that's like that's pretty average. And that makes me most, very sad. Most most of my days. Um, yeah, that you know, it just depends on where I am and how many. Uh, how many stores are in the vicinity? But yeah, not yeah, five stores, right. five stores in a fucking goose egg today. That was, that was my day. So uh, I, I'm glad yeah. that your win, your Wednesday was better. Uh, well, I'm I, just trying to keep the PMA. Yeah, you know, you got to, you got to. I'm very hoarse. Uh, There's nothing else. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my voice sounds like shit. Um, I. You're sounding I, better though. Sounding better, but uh, I had a, a long band practice on Sunday where I screamed a lot for four hours. So, uh, yeah, just trying to trying to recuperate from that and trying to learn proper ways to do this because it's not something I've ever done before. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I sound like shit. Um, I, I <laughs> wanted to. Yeah, uh, Connor and I, um, I, I missed the the anniversary, but uh, uh, The Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against the Machine came out um, 24 years ago this month, and Guerrilla Radio uh, debuted the, the video 24 years ago, a, a couple of weeks back. And uh, yeah, outside of being just a fucking banger from beginning to end, um I, in the uh, early inception of this, our, our cute little show that we do, program, program um, I came up with the, hash, with the hashtag Gorilla Clothing Show, and we've been using it ever since, and uh, I'm kind of proud of that. Connor and I, Connor and I, like, have a, a, a good relation uh, with our love of of uh, Rage Against the Machine. So, shout out Rage Rage, Rage Partners. Yeah, I mean, like, Matt did come up with that. Uh, and it's very funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think possibly one of Matt's best jokes, even. Like, yeah. very, very rich. I feel like I have a and good And we number. are. Like, that's what we yeah. are. I think. Yeah. We're, I, we're think, I think that that. That sets us apart. You from, got it. Yeah, from what most uh, most clothing shows or podcasts or whatever the fuck you want to call them are are doing. Um, yeah, uh, another thing that I have been listening to a lot for the past few days is a very like weird 
or not weird necessarily, but a, a very obscure, like early 2000s, late 90s Boston band called Officer May. Um, they have 28 monthly listeners on Spotify. Uh, but uh, yeah, my boss is just insane. Yeah, just fucking nuts. And like, if they came out this year, that record would be massive. Um, it's a. Uh, it's kind of like equal parts Murder City Devils, uh, Nirvana, and the Jesus Lizard. And just like it's been on repeat for me for like the three days since my buddy Matt uh, Lambert of Factors Collection fame, shout out Factors, uh, since he recommended it in one of my insomniac uh, nights that I had a couple of nights ago. But uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend it on Spotify. They apparently like self-released a record before it, but if you like runs, if you like '90s indie, if you like like just like kind of aggressive, but like not hardcore or metal aggressive, it, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I've sent it around, and I think I think that's a that's a fair categorization. Like, it's not very screamy, but it's like. It gets the point. There's a song yeah. smoking in a minor. <laughs> oh god, it's yes. really a delight. Yeah. Also, fun fact: there's a uh, video of that on YouTube from them playing it at like South by Southwest 04, I think, at Emos, the iconic Austin uh, venue that so many fuckers have played over the years. Uh, worth a shot. Worth a shot. Again, Officer May is the band name. Um, and smoking in A minor is the record. Uh, yeah, yeah. We we had a fun conversation uh, coming coming forth with uh, Jamie Ferguson, a uh, menswear photographer that lives in the UK, and is just like an all around cool dude. If you've been in this shit for the past decade, you've seen his photos. Um, but yeah, it was it was super fun to talk to him oh, yeah. and. And kind of get his perspective on a lot of things. Um, just the menswear, like Tumblr, uh, 2011 to 2014-ish times. And then, you know, how that's translating into his work today. Um, yeah, just, just an overall cool dude. Hell yeah. It was a great show. So yeah, it was um, a great show, and he recently yeah. shot he recently shot a Ralph Warren campaign, which you, which we talk about a little bit because we kind of talk about Ralph on every show. We're uh, contractually obligated amongst ourselves to talk about Ralph. We're getting millions and millions of dollars from the Ralph Lauren yes, Corporation. Yes, uh, yes. So, Actually, you know. yeah, that's that's a bold face lie. Please buy the uh, product. Yeah, uh, Ralph Warren, if there's anyone in your corporation listening, yo, bang our line. Bang our fucking line because we will we will do <laughs> a Ralph segment on every episode. That ain't selling out because Connor and I both love it. But in, I digress. I digress. Um, anyway, thank you for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Um, if you would like to... Send us a couple of dollars because you like what we do. We're totally down with that. Uh, Connor's Venmo is at Connor Fowler. His PayPal is Connor Fowler at gmail.com. 
Um, and sincerely, we thank everyone that listens and thanks for the feedback. And yeah, stay tuned for Jamie Ferguson. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Good morning to all you chuckleheads out there in Daytona Beach, Florida. You are now listening to 66.6 BEAZ-FM with Matt, Jamie, and Connor in the morning. Have we got a show for you? Honk, honk. Ladies, extremely unlikely. Fellows, friends, and folks, I'm not going to waste any more time. We must introduce our guest. Fashion fetishists and style seekers, prepare to have your sartorial senses scintillated like never before in your life. We've shined our podcast tractor beam on a menswear and lifestyle photographer who is about to knock your socks off. He hails from the great white north. This Canuck isn't, any ju- isn't just any lump with a lens. He's the ginger-haired genius of men's fashion photography. His shots are as sharp as a maple leaf's edge and as vibrant as the summer sunset over the Rockies. Good morning, Jamie. Welcome up, to our little show. Yes. How's it going? Welcome. Thank you so much for that intro. That was incredible. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. That was 100% Connor. Uh, it almost always is 100% Connor because that is just how his brain works. <laughs> well, I, your, thought be, I thought it would be funny to do like shock jock style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know is, if they have those. I guess they have them all over the world, right? Yeah, definitely. Less like, now. A lower, lower key in the UK, but uh, yeah, very, very much aware of, of this style. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, much appreciated. That was very good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How, uh, how's your day going, Jamie? It's been good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, all good. Um, it's really weird. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah, working freelance is kind of like your days are kind of really weird and made up of a lot of different segments. And sometimes oh. it's just kind of like, yeah, oh, I'm just getting coffee. Like this right, right. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you keep pretty busy, also. So you know, there's. I feel like you're posting yeah, some new project, project or working on nearly every day or every couple of days. Like that's <laughs> that, dude. Yeah. So uh, where where are you from? Um, or where did you grow up? I guess. And uh, where do you live now? Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's really weird. Uh, so I. It's funny. Everybody that I meet nowadays. I, especially in the UK, everybody's like, oh, where are you from? And like, it's the easiest thing is for me to say I'm from Toronto. Right. I'm slightly outside of Toronto. So, so I can tell, like, anytime I'm speaking to other Canadians, I'm just like, I'm actually from Guelph. That was where I was born and raised um, until I was about 15. Um, and then I moved over to the UK where my family is originally from, um, back to Scotland. So my mother's from Edinburgh and my father's from Belfast. Oh, wow. Um, and... Yeah. And then we basically were in Scotland for like my last few years of high school at university up in Aberdeen in the north of Scotland. And then uh, my wife and I, we were moved down to London where we lived for about 10 years. And I am currently residing now in Ireland in the countryside just outside Belfast. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So we've kind of come to like a, a little bit. pretty good tour, though. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. It's really, really messed with the accent at times, depending on who I'm around. But uh... <laughs> no, that's funny because I was gonna say it, the it came the Canadian came out a little, but it's yeah. changed oh. over the course of the interview already. So yeah, I think that that's extremely mellow, interesting. Man. The vocabulary is is really mixed up. Um, it's really funny because it, it's and it depends like wherever I'm, whenever I'm traveling or whatever. It's it depends on who I'm around, who I'm with. Um, and you, you know, you kind of fall into that, the, that 
habit sometimes the rhythm of like um trying to adjust your cadence your tone your the you know the melody of your voice or your accent to whoever you're around so it always depends on whoever I'm either more Canadian will come out or I'll tone it down a little or you know or it gets super weird if I'm in like Italy or Japan or France or whatever like then that's really right (laughs) yeah right 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 Yeah, they, that that exists in America, I think, weirdly with the kind of there's a sort of uh, southern creep that happens to some people, I think. Like my yeah. father, for example, is not from the south, although being from Maryland is being from the south. Um, mm. And like the further south he goes, the so- more southern his accent oh, becomes. Great. Yeah, yeah. You could just tell like, he feels it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You always want to fit in, though, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a huge part of it for me was always that kind of um, trying to like that desire to please extends into kind of every part of my lifestyle where it's like, yeah, where I'm even trying to mimic the way that, um, you know, the people that I'm around, the way they speak to try in my head to try to put everybody at ease. But at times, I think it just means I end up looking like a weirdo. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah. But that's kind of the weird thing, though. It's like the and this mm. extends to dressing, too. It's like the harder mm. you try, the worse you look. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's not true for everybody, but like I think a lot of the times, if you are trying really hard, you look uncomfortable. You look like you don't fit in, and it's like the time that you like overslept and you like yeah. threw some shit on and ran out the door. Everyone is like, "My God, what a great outfit!" <laughs> that is very true. It's such a weird thing because like ever since like you know this menswear kind of scene and whatever you want to call it kind of has exploded. There's so many people that are looking for this kind of like some of the guys that I work with, like Simon Crompton at Permanent Style, like there's every, every like it's always these. I remember it, the earlier days where everybody was like the rules of menswear and like what you you know like and wanting a quick fix to kind of like okay, well, what do I wear to this? And it's just like there seems to be very little room these days for like that thing of like messing up and you know trial and error and kind of like that's all these guys that we hold up where we're like man, they're amazing dressers. It's like we've all been through that. Like they've all been through that thing where they're like, they'll swing at something and absolutely miss it sometimes. And it's that kind of trial and error getting through it where it's like, you say you do get to the point where, you know, you are looking amazing, but you've made no effort at all, but it's taken that time of trying to make a lot of effort and, and not, not quite, not quite hitting the mark. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. pretty unforgiving. Yeah. Landscape. You learn, you learn <laughs> with experience. Whatever. And if you don't have that, like, no one 100%. is, you know, no one is born looking like Ralph Lauren, um, you know, or, <laughs> like, no one comes out of the womb dressed in a fucking great suit and, you know, perfect yeah. shoes and shit. Like, we all, yeah. I think that's, I think that's the funny thing is that there's, there is, even with, you know, people like Ralph Lauren, there's this assumption that they've always looked that way. I'm like, no, nah, right. man, Ralph would have gone through the same, the same, you know, stages and, you know, trials and tribulations that we all go through with regards oh, totally, to totally. figuring out your personal style and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah and like back, you know, back there's in the goofy day. stuff for everyone. Yeah. There's goofy shit back in the day. Like, you know, it, it wasn't <laughs> talked about either. There weren't, you know, there weren't three nerds sitting yeah. around talking about, oh, 
this is how like a coach <laughs> should look. This is how, you know, this is the tie yeah. that you, that you should own or the five ties that you should own. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> this was, this was, I his tie didn't have a dimple. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah. uh, can't believe of, you walked out of the house like that. Right. Speaking of dressing, uh, Jamie, what did you wear today? Oh man, I'm super embarrassed by this because it's like whenever I'm at home, it's like because I've got two, I've got two kids, and you know you're kind of running around. If you, it's just just day to day. It's like super low key um, and trying to. That's allowed. Especially, it is allowed. I don't know, man. I'm like sometimes I'm like even with myself, I'm like, man, you should be making more of an effort. And I'm like, even if it's just <laughs> for myself, just you know, you want to slip it's... into the laziness. But I'm like today, it's just um super into um a big fan of stan ray so i have a lot of their like um painter painter pants so i've got a pair of their denim versions on and nice a teacher from a friend of mine um who um he does uh it was what was it what's the name is a generic sporting a generic sporting club so it's just a plain white tee from him and a gray shawl collar cardigan uh, which is Ooh. super cozy because it is getting cold in ireland right now Oh, yeah, I think I, I, Derek, I am supremely jealous. Stan Ray painter pants. No, no, uh, no black tie today, unfortunately. Like, which, again, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel, I feel disappointed about sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I should wear more. I should, like, it's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I should wear more black tie just in the office, like, just random. Like, that would, uh, <laughs> I, right. it's, it's so funny that you were like, oh, yeah, I'm just bumming around the house today, and you, you listed off a fit that, like, looks great and like you know most people's idea of bumming around the house is wearing like a pair of sweatpants or uh you know pajama pants and like a Joggers or yeah. Yeah. grateful dead grateful dead pajama pants <laughs> nice nice yeah oh well thanks thanks yeah, yeah you look uh, put you look put together anyway from the limited video that we saw i mean and everyone says they look like shit that's like everyone's thing it's like <laughs> Oh my God. Like I came on the clothing show. I didn't wear any clothes. Yeah. Uh, right. But the point of the show is what does everyone wear on a daily basis? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's like right now I'm wearing, wearing my infamous Hayden Biden tie dye t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> and a camouflage fishing vest. So like, you know, we're, we're slumming it a little bit. <laughs> nice you're looking good though man you're looking good oh thank you you're too kind <laughs> and matt too as ever yeah <laughs> oh of course of course sorry so what do you can you remember the first article of clothing that really had an impact on you i so yeah. So, what do you mean, like uh, that I that I've seen or that I well, like, so saw it could myself? Be, it could be something that you saw, mm -hmm. right? And you thought, like, oh my god, like I saw this kind of skate shoe and I n needed to buy it out in the real world. Or it could be like your first suit that you ever bought. I mean, it's it's really open. Oh man, the, yeah, it's so funny. I grew up so like I have really fond memories of like like i played a lot of like intramural sports when i was in living in canada and was growing up so like a lot mm -hmm. of t-ball like um summer like basketball leagues and stuff like that so i have a huge affinity for like i don't know how you describe this for like air techs 
sports shorts that I got free at camp. Like, oh, really yeah. love those. <laughs> still wear those to this day. Or still, I'm on the lookout for those when I can get them. Oh, and that's funny. In terms of like, but it, obviously <laughs> that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, I was getting that for free when I was going to camp, or my parents were buying that for me. Um, but I always remember I was talking about this recently. Actually, I when the when I first started getting into menswear and kind of being more aware of clothing and kind of that thing of you know wanting to you know test or going down that whatever you want to call it that that route wrote that that road that route of um, personal style uh, yeah. it was around about that kind of you know tumblr men's hashtag menswear era and at the time double monks were everywhere and sure. i remember that being like a thing where i was like this is the item this is the piece i need and yeah hilariously and i'm like oh man so it was, I remember getting a pair of, there was two actually, do you, do you remember, was it, because it was with Sanders in uh, Northampton as well, but the Mark McNary footwear range. Yeah. And it was like yeah. that time. So there was a pair of red, red brick, day night sole, um, tan suede, oh, like yeah. tan suede double monk. Those are awesome. Super versatile. Um, and then, and then because it was McNary and because I was like, oh, this, I got to get this, this is sick. It was like a pebble grain tomato red leather uh, with a yellow, like a bright yellow welt and sole, I believe. Or might it might oh, just yeah. be welt. Um, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like Oxford. And I, <laughs> I never wore those things, but I remember just having <laughs> being like, <laughs> that's a great punchline i've made it man but remember just never wearing them and eventually just selling them because i was like i didn't know how to wear it i was like I, like at that point you know you're kind of when you start building a wardrobe you get some of those pieces where you're like this is incredible but you don't have the rest of the wardrobe to right to, to wear with it and you're just kind of like all right well they're just going to sit in my wardrobe which which they yeah <laughs> I would have looked whack with monks with monks in 2012 or whatever. I mean, I just like didn't have the, I didn't have the right stuff. I saw yeah. everyone had them. They were extremely, they were just expensive in my, I was yeah. in college at the time. So I was like, whatever, but I did love all the McNary stuff. I thought, yeah, I thought that was so great. Good. I saw him in real life in New York once and I was like, oh, oh nice. my God. Yeah. Apparently, and <laughs> I didn't know this I until nothing. recently. He, his brand is still going. I had zero idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm on the mailing list. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, a, it's that it, weird thing with like a lot of those guys that were kind of like, like, like discovered or not discovered because obviously he's been around for ages, but kind of like that got extremely hyped up in that mm. kind of like early aughts, like, you know, like you said, 2010 to 12, 13 or whatever. And yeah and then it's like yeah like you say same thing it's like every now and again i'll see an instagram or whatever like people i follow it's like mark will pop up and i'm like holy shit like awesome yeah and yeah the brand's still going like, still yeah going. I, I just thought it was cool that he did work with his daughter mm. daisy yeah, like just put oh, all yes, the daisies yeah. all over the camouflage stuff i thought that yeah. was cool that was cool yeah that was really cool so uh, what types of styles, you know, did you see growing up in, you know, early life in Canada and then also um, Scotland and also, you know, to piggyback onto that, was there someone in your life who really taught you like how to wear clothes? Um, 
So quickly answer, no, there wasn't really anybody. It's weird. The older that I get, the more that I'm morphing into my father. Um, but there was never <laughs> that kind of like, <laughs> there's, there was never any kind of that, um, like, where, you know, he's like, here, son, I'm going to teach you how to tie a tie. Like, there was never that kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, not not through me wanting it or, you know, for or him not doing it. It was just that wasn't really kind of um, part of uh, my time growing up. Um, Canada, like, in Canada, was weird. It was like, and obviously, I was at a time where, like, you know, like, mid, early to, like, basically the 90s, where I'm like, I mean, frankly, style back then was fucking terrible. Um, yeah. Like, I remember looking back on it now. I'm like, it's really weird because obviously everything now is everything's so cyclical and everything now is coming back. All that '90s kind of style is coming back around, and like people are taking parts of it now that I'm like, oh snap, that's really sick. But at the time I was growing up, just I remember being in school and seeing people in like, what was the was it Northern Getaway like the um, those like pajama like flannel tartan pajama trousers, and I'm like you were wearing that like you're in pajamas to school like this is really i remember the time just being like and then like i oh, can't wait to get me i'm gonna get a pair and then i remember like the first one i got were like this beige tart it was weird as shit and i remember just being like this does not look good <laughs> this is not yeah. good. and like and then you obviously as a kid you're not bothered about that you don't have so much i i don't remember particularly having so much of a concern about it like i wasn't like oh I, you know a lot of it was more down to kind of sneakers for me at the time, not necessarily even being a sneaker head, but just having stuff that was like a legitimate brand, like Nike or Adidas or Fila, not right. being yeah. something from, K- a K- from Kmart or whatever, uh, <laughs> which weirdly as a dad now where I'm like, you know, I get why you would buy like off brand sneakers because the kids just tear through them. Like they yeah. don't just they destroy don't them, destroy yeah, exactly. them, completely destroy them. I'm like, yeah, in a day, and I'm just like, what have you been doing? Like, just kicking, like, you've been in a quarry. Yeah, putting your foot into off. a mud puddle. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's bizarre. And well, then, the truth is, of course, they do. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what they do. Like, the kids love hanging out in quarries. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we had, uh, and then we're moving to Scotland. Um, we, uh, funnily enough, uh, we moved to a small village uh, in Scotland where my mother actually grew up. And we ended up going wow. to the school that she went to. And uh, I don't know if you, like the majority of schools in um, in the UK, it's like you have a uniform. So that was my first experience then of kind of being like, right, which almost takes all of that kind of worry, especially when you're getting into high school, that worry of kind of like, crap, I got to, what am I going to wear today? I got to look cool to kind of being like, I just throw this, I throw the same thing on every day, um, right. which made it so much easier. So then for like, as I say, the three years that I was there finishing off high school or whatever, I wasn't really looking at it because my peers weren't around me kind of like wearing like stuff. But I was like, oh, snap, this is we're all wearing the same thing. Right. Um, right. So, yeah. And it was weird. So I think like, I don't know, it was weird. I think the first time I started becoming more interested and more aware of clothing and what I was wearing myself was was through the internet and through like, as they say, Tumblr and those, and the first, those early street style blogs, like the Sartorialist and Tommy Tan on GQ and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's probably where I, where it all kind of started for me. That's sick. Yeah. That's interesting. The schools that I work in are uniform schools too. And there is, oh, cool. that's the, 
uh, overriding thinking basically is that uniforms sort of flatten the student population and that there's no one who is optically richer, right, yeah. than someone else. But of course, you can just tell. Uh, you can tell whose shoes are new and whose aren't. Like, yeah. it's just, uh, um, I don't know. I think the uniform thing is curious. I personally wanted to know at the top of the episode, because I have thought your outfits were awesome for <laughs> a long time. Thanks, man. Uh, as a redhead, right? Mm -hmm. As a fellow redhead. And I was wondering, how do you put them together? Like, what do you do? Because it's a lot of the time, it's like very disparate elements. Um, yeah. But it works. It's it's a weird thing. Again, it's that it touches back to what I was kind of um, alluding to a little bit before, where it's that it's trial and error, it's experience, it's flipping yeah. time, man. Like, it's just figuring out what works for you not being afraid to kind of like experiment with stuff and seeing like seeing a lot of other styles on other people that I admire and being like, Oh snap, like man, a cowboy hat. Let's try that out. Oh shit. That doesn't work. Okay, cool. That's, <laughs> um, back to drawing board. <laughs> and like, but every now and again, you'll throw, you know, you'll throw the line out there and hook something that you're like, Oh, actually this works. Like this is kind of cool. And that's for me personally, that's I think certainly a way of where you draw in those, as you say, disparate elements where you're kind of like, differing from differing you know differing tribes different styles you kind of bring it into one and where you're like okay this these elements work together and they also work for me and how i want to dress and also a lot of it it can be down to um environment you know like where am i going to be today like okay i'm going to be you know i'm shooting today or i'm going to an event tonight or whatever it's kind of like there i'm still a huge believer in you know dressing appropriately for the environment that you're in because it's like you know otherwise you know that's you're gonna look end up looking stranger um if you're trying to wear a suit at the beach you know for to for an insane example whatever um, right but yeah yeah that, that's that's really funny i was gonna say connor has probably worn a suit to the beach but uh i, I don't want to spread misinformation <laughs> Uh, no, you know, I've gotten a lot of shit for wearing loafers to the beach before, but it's like, is there a more appropriate shoe than a loafer on the beach? I don't know. It's a slip on shoe. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm all for that, man. Exactly. You're not going to be swimming in them. You're not going to be wearing, you know, like you get down, you know, you're walking along, you know, in the sand now, easy, slip them off, like done. Just slip them off the and dump out the sand. Off. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's all yeah. Thank you. Finally, uh, a say, reasonable I person. I got to address the redhead thing as well because I'm kind of like I hate like I was so I remember I was talking about this recently with my with my parents actually. I remember before I started getting into anything when I was about I must have been about 15, 16, and I remember my sister. Uh, so I have a younger sister who's um, uh, uh, two years younger than me, and she. Um, well, not not full on, but she basically like read my colors, or uh, is that what you know? Where she was like, "These are the colors that suit you," and right. for, for about two years, I followed that religiously. And yeah. her, I blame her for all this. Her <laughs> for putting this in my head. Her advice was or my colors were basically like pastels. So oh, right. She was like, right, Easter it's bunny, bullshit. Easter colors. Right. Easter colors. Those are your, and I'm like, so I religiously like light blue, light pink, light yellow, like, 
you know, like a light green, soft light green, not a hard, not a lime green, but and I was just like, so I avoided a bad anything. green. I, but you, I look terrible. You look, you, you kind of, you look like you're golfing. Like you look time. washed out. Yeah, you look <laughs> washed out. You look like you're golfing. You look like you <laughs> shop at Macy's only. It just is bad. <laughs> And at the time, that was the impression that I was wanting to give off. But then, you know, I quickly grew out of that. But uh, yeah, no, right. it was, it was uh, and then you, but you avoid all these colors where you're just like, which I wear a lot of nowadays, where it's like, you know, more earthy tones, like oranges, browns, things like that. I was like, yeah, oh, I can't can wear I ask you, did you hear that you should avoid pink and red and orange? Again, like, yes, there'd be things that you would, that yeah, you know, me you're, too. Like, you're like, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. But then it was always, and the thing that I've learned nowadays is obviously it's like, it's, it depends. <laughs> this sounds ludicrous as well. It's, it depends on the shade. Again, it depends it does. on, it's, and which is so strange because everybody, it sometimes becomes this, again, these quote unquote menswear rules where it's like, you're like, oh man, I can't do this because I read an article where it says, you know, like, right, never, right, never the, never the two shall mix. It's like, well, no, this is actually um, just finding that right. You know, what kind of pink is it? Like, is what kind of red is it? Is it, uh, is it a warmer red? Is it like that kind of bright? You know, um, I can't remember what the like. Uh, I can't remember where I was seeing it. Like the, um, I think it was on beige. There's a or there's a knitwear company, Harley of Scotland, do this amazing like crew net red crew neck. It's that bright red. And it's just like that, um, I think of the word, what the crimson, whatever. crimson, exactly, perfect. And you're like, that's the one that works. And then it's also how you wear them, what you're pairing them with. And like, how is it just, you know, if you're wearing one strong color, try not to pair that with another strong color, like tone it down exactly. as much as you can or whatever and vice versa. And it's, it's, so it was, as I say, it's that long road of just kind of trial and error and you kind of like, Oh, actually, and never saying never to anything. Like, like I'd hate to think that because of my the color of my hair or whatever, that I'm like, I can't wear a certain article of clothing or a certain color. I'm like, fuck it, man, I'm going to try it. And then it's like... Well, it's real. It's like your family tells you this from a very young yeah. age. Exactly. You can't wear this. It will make you look like shit. Yeah. And then you, I guess, never interrogate it later. Like, did this yeah. person ever wear a good outfit? Does yeah. this person know what they're talking about? No offense to your sister. I'm saying like in my, my mom, my mom is a notoriously bad dresser and she was always like, you can't wear orange. You can't wear pink. It will make your skin look bad. And it's just like, it just is absurd. All of it. Leave me alone, mom. Yeah. God. I will. I I, I am not a redhead. I've got some Auburn. Um, so I, I have zero, uh, zero, anything to add to this discourse, except this. Uh, I did the one redhead rule or I don't even not even just redheads, but like very light skinned people, in my opinion, Mm. should not wear like the like a solid tan sport coat. Like I worked with a redhead. Yeah, see, Matt thinks that rule is the truth. Yeah, I I worked with a redhead. I worked with a guy and we were both. Yeah, we were buyers on the team, and every time he would put one on, he'd be like, I feel like I look like I have jaundice. And I was like, that's a great description, because yes, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I uh, know, I know exactly what you mean, man. I mean, it just depends how pallid your flesh is. Yeah, 100%. And like, you could get, 
you know, I don't know, wind burn or, you know, be out in the sun one day and you're kind of like, oh, snap, actually, you know, I'm looking a little healthy now. I can make it <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, no, seriously. It's that, it's, it's that thing of just, again, like, because my, my thing that I've noticed and that, that's something I kind of advise, if anybody ever asks this person, I'm like, this is the thing. I'm like, never shut yourself off to anything because I'm like, like you say, a tan sport coat, you're like, I can never wear that. It's never a thing. But then I swear, and it's happened to me with every single article of clothing that I'm like, nah, I could never pull that off. I could never wear that. I don't know how to wear that. That's ugly. And I'll always see somebody and they're wearing it in a way where I'm like, oh, snap, I never thought about doing that. And then okay. you try and you're like, and it unlocks it for you. It'll suddenly like, oh, so, you know, never close it off. Cause like one day, man, you might see, you're like, oh, that's, you know, and then you'd be all over that transport coat. Man. All right. All right. I don't uh, want to do this, but I'm going to. You did this to me, Jamie, for <laughs> the life appreciator garment, the tank top. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I could never wear one of those fucking things. And then I saw a picture of you wearing one with like an open, open Hawaiian shirt. And I was like, yeah, that's my skin. That's approximately my hair. This is okay. <laughs> so thank you. You're, you're welcome, man. Like, I'm glad <laughs> I can help out. Right, right, right. That's the purpose of this, this entire show, actually, was for me to confess that you <laughs> allow me to wear the wife appreciator. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, glad, glad I could be here for this. But you, you've hit, you've hit two of Connor's top things uh, in doing this show, which is trying to figure out how to take a good fit photo, and uh, mm. yeah, t telling you that he that you inspired him. So uh, yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned getting into um, into clothing heavily during the like, quote unquote, hashtag menswear um, time period, which we're, we're all very fond of um, on this program. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I think all of us like loved the sartorialist and Tommy Tone stuff. Like that was a huge, you know, huge thing for me, yeah. too. Um, mm -hmm. So did. Did that inspire you to take up photography or had you been kind of tinkering with it for a while? Um, I think it was, it was weirdly a combination of a bit of both. Cause it was like, the timing was very serendipitous in terms of uh, getting more into clothing as well as, as well as seeing those kinds of sites and that type of photography that those guys were shooting. Yeah. Um, and, and an incredibly having never really, dabbled before having never really you know had an interest in it like seeing that and it just kind of flicking a switch in me where i was like oh how do you take pictures like that and just from a very basic level just figuring out like oh this is what aperture is this is what shutter speed yeah. you know all that kind of stuff um and that was huge uh, a huge part for me of certainly my kind of development into photography was just seeing the guy, the kind of guys that Tommy and Scott were shooting at Pissy in Florence. Um, because I wasn't encountering people like that in anything that you were seeing before pre internet, pre Tumblr, uh, right. where like all you were kind of getting were, you know, glossy the stuff that was in the ad advertisements and glossy magazines or like the few articles in, like GQ or Esquire or whatever. And that was, I felt veered a little bit more towards 
fashion rather than menswear, which was more. Yeah. And then seeing, as you say, these older Italian guys in Florence and, and these Japanese buyers and whatnot, who I was just like, who are these guys? They are dressed so coolly. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of, I was essentially kind of like that solidified in my head of my desire to be in the industry as well as trying to figure out a little bit more of, okay, well, how can I try and take pictures like this? Literally just out of a, um, more from a hobby standpoint necessary than trying to, um, planning to make a career out of it. Hmm. That's a great origin story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. I, uh, it's like, a, you, it's like, did you write your answers down? You wrote a little essay. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Like I've been very lucky and privileged to kind of, um, have the opportunity in a, on other formats, other um, outlets to talk about this. It's something that, cause I'm still in, I'm still in the game, man. I'm still yeah. into it. I'm still interested in it. I'm still doing it. I'm very lucky to be still doing it. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, being it's, I've been doing freelancing now and shooting for like over 10 years now. Um, but, wow. and everybody, like everybody, you know, in their, in their job, everybody has those days where they're just kind of like, Oh man, like, you know, every, everything kind of it becomes routine or you're kind of, you know, you switch off a little bit which equally happens with being a photographer, but then every now and again, sometimes you'll have those times where you're like, man, this is, you know, I'm not in the office. I'm not. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was working all sorts of um, weird jobs before I kind of got to, you know, as I say, into the industry and was working for brands and then was shooting. Um, and I remember those times and I'm, you know, I always remind myself like very lucky to be doing what I'm doing. And the fact that I'm interested, that kind of thing of like, what's the adage where it's like, um, you know, lucky to be doing what I love or, you know, if you love, yeah, you'll never, you do, you'll never work working. a day in your life. Yeah, exactly. And I've been, and in, in, it was an incredibly circuitous route to get to where I am. Um, but I wouldn't have made it to where I am if I hadn't gone down that route and I'm lucky to be doing what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I, so yeah, it's nice. I, 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 so I, I still think about it quite a bit. So I think that's why, um, I think it's easy for me to answer kind of a question like that. Totally. We have and, a lot you know, of it, lucky, humble people on the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's also, I, I think about this a lot. Um, you know, we're all three like nineties kids and like being yeah. able to, being able to shoot fashion photography for a career is like not something I ever would have yeah. imagined as a 16 year old. And, you know, I sell vintage clothing sure. for a living. Like I never would have thought that that would be a viable option to yeah. sustain myself, Definitely. you know, like the, for, for all yeah. its faults, technology and the, the interconnectivity of everything, especially like, especially in subcultures, like, like clothing or, or whatever subculture, like being able to connect with those people that, share a similar interest yeah. and passion is so important. hundred percent. So do you think like there was a photo that kind of solidified your here? Now I am a photographer. Like this is no longer <laughs> a hobby for me. Uh, yo, man. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. It's really weird because, like, 
I remember thinking I had been asked a kind of a slightly similar question before. And I remember kind of being like, oh, which and I think it was weird. I just wasn't I think I wasn't really being honest with myself. Um, but I know exactly which photo it was. And it was it was one of the I can't remember which pity it was. Um, it was I be, I don't even know. I think it was a summer. It was a June pity. Um, mm. And basically it's um, I believe it's up on my website, but it's um, the one of the first shots that I took of uh, Yasuto Kamoshida. And it was just oh. him smoking, having a cigarette outside where he was wearing this vintage, uh, uh, one of his suits in kind of like this darker tan with this kind of like rust colored Lacoste, I think it's Lacoste, uh, old Lacoste polo. And he's just having a cigarette. Wow. And I'm shooting from far away. And so he doesn't know that I'm photographing him. And he's talking to a friend and he's just standing in front of, uh, this kind of yellowish building in, and uh, and slightly behind him is this kind of red fire extinguisher box. And it was just everything with him, the moment of him like laughing to his friend, like having a genuine moment, a genuine conversation and, um, you know, and, and seeing that kind of natural smile and the clothing where I was and the tones of everything. And I was just like, oh, snap. And I, and I remember I took a few, a few snaps and, then when I got back and was editing them on my on my laptop, I remember it was at that moment I was like, "Yeah, if this is the only photograph that I get at at this week of of being in Florida, I'm happy." Or even the next one, I was kind of like, "Yeah." And for me, that was I think a huge part of me figuring out what it was that I not and not just in what I like photographing, but what I like photographing in menswear. Um, it was that kind of candidness, levity, that lightness, that kind of that re the, the realness of that person at the time. Like um, that was a huge moment for me. Yeah. And, and it's one of my favorite photographs that I've ever taken and a pure and it, like not planned, not, you know, I hadn't asked him to pose. There was nothing. He didn't know I was photographing. I was shooting long lens from very far away. Um, but like that was a huge like, yeah, a, a real kind of um, pivotal moment in terms of the direction that I then wanted to go uh, with with what I wanted to kind of try and achieve down the line in the future. I think I'm looking at it right now with the peak lapels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember that photo. photo. Yeah. yeah like, I, 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 think, I followed you forever on various platforms. And like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I distinctly remember like someone, you know, someone uh, maybe you or someone else like on my tumblr yeah. dashboard posted that and i was like holy shit that's awesome and yeah. like re really he is yeah. one of the most stylish human beings on the face of the fucking earth like i, I don't know if i've ever seen a, a, a bad photo of him but you know like, he just he he kills it he always kills it yeah yeah so definitely he's got the glasses yeah. in the pocket and everything i mean it yep. just is like nice <laughs> uh, so these days, you know, what, what draws you to take, you know, to want to take a photo of, of someone like not, you know, not on, not when you're doing a shoot, uh, for, you know, for a brand or whatever, but like when you're just, yeah. when you're just taking photos. Um, it's funny. Cause like, yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a weird thing where, cause there's a lot of, um, there's a wide spectrum now, obviously with the photography that I'm doing, where it's like, you're working for a client where there'll be a specific brief sometimes. So you're kind of like, okay, this is how I have to take those photographs. 
sometimes you'll be in an environment where you're doing more reportage, it's event photography maybe, and you're like, okay, I got to make sure I get some of this and some of that. Um, I mean, I keep coming down to like any time that I'm in, uh, like there'll be the odd times maybe when I have some downtime, when I maybe I'm traveling through London um, or some or another city where I maybe have happen to have my camera on me and I may be talking to friends or some of that. And, you know, oftentimes it's like what they're wearing that often tends to be the first thing. It's like the outfit that I'm, is what I'm drawn to. I'm kind of like, Oh, this looks, I really love how they've combined, um, you know, the various items that they have in their outfit or the colors or the, the patterns or the, the proportions, the fit of, of, of the clothes of the items themselves um, or the light. And then it tends to be like, the location where we are like is the light really nice um like um but oftentimes it'll be at, at places like pity um where you're kind of shooting street style where you're there to kind of do you're on the lookout essentially for you like okay who looks who looks good who looks cool and that that's always that's still probably in terms of me shooting for myself and what i like to see is still that's would be the main um the main point that I would look for is I'm like, do I like the outfit? Do I think this is a cool outfit? Um, right. And yeah, not, I mean, not even necessarily. I'm like, would I wear it? But I'm just like, cause sometimes you see people and you're like, like, yes, yeah, it's or whoever. And you're just like, oh, I could, you know, I could definitely, I'm not cool enough to pull off that, but <laughs> like, this guy looks amazing. Gotta shoot that. Um, and yeah. And so that's, it's oftentimes it's a, it's a, a, like a, a gut, uh, an instinctual thing that kind of would drive me to want to photograph somebody at first, even just trying to, as I say, trying to capture the outfit. And then the, uh, those other two kind of components, like, you know, the location, where are we? And then it, what's the light doing? Like, is it, does it look nice or whatever? Yeah. It's probably those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so have you got any camera advice for people, uh, including me, <laughs> like, the photos are very, very good. You talk about good lighting. We know in the morning, we know at night, but do you have any, I don't know, shoot, shooting people is hard. I think as soon as they see you, mm. it's over. Yeah, it's, a. I mean, it's funny. Like that was a huge thing for me was I remember um, when I first bought uh, my 70 to 200 2.8 um canon lens uh that was again that was a game changer for me where previously when i'd been photographing people especially street style where i was coming up to them with a 50 millimeter so you have to get close and right you're then interrupting their conversation and you're they're kind of like you know everybody was very you know obliged you you know and they're like yep happy to have their picture taken but at the same time um it stops immediately the thing that you were wanting to capture so yeah you're still trying to capture the you're still able to capture the clothing but i loved that clothing in the moment of what they were doing. So like yeah. either the movement, the, you know, the, as you say, the, or the moment of, you know, if they're with company or, um, you know, talking with friends or whatever. Um, so that was a huge thing for me. It was, as you say, not being, not bothering people, not interrupting people and, mm -hmm. and uh, having that, uh, that a part, piece of equipment that allowed me to do that. Um, it's weird nowadays though. Cause it's like, I say to everybody, everybody, like I get a lot of questions on Instagram or um, people email me every now and again, and they'll be like, you know, what equipment should I use? What, you know, um, what editing software, how do you edit your photos? That kind of thing. And I'm like, it's weird. Like everybody nowadays, 
compared to when I um, got started, like everybody's got an amazing, ca- everybody's got like an amazing camera on their phone. Like if you, if right. you, yeah, everybody has access to that now. It, it's not so much. Um, and also in, in even camera equipment itself is so much cheaper than it was, you know, back in, you know, even kind of, kind of when I was getting started, it was becoming more affordable and you did have affordable yeah. models and lenses on the market. But even before that, it was like, that was the biggest um, deterrent to kind of getting into the industry was it was like, um, you know, film more um, or the, you know, the camera bodies, and the lenses themselves were so expensive that it was just like it, only a select few were kind of allowed in. And nowadays, like it's being democratized like tenfold. So, um, you know, biggest piece of advice is, is make sure you're shooting something that you're into. Like that's, if you're not into what you're shooting, then you're not going to be able to, um, you're not going to be able to shoot it in a way which you find interesting. Like it's so hard to, and having done that sometimes where you like, even just um, as an experiment, like trying to be like, okay, I'm going to try and shoot some landscape or whatever, or architecture. And I'm like, I don't know what fuck I'm doing. Like, so I'm looking at you kind of like, I think that looks okay. great but i'm like i don't know anything about this building or i don't know i don't know like what is this hill like what's you know so and then i look at other landscape photographers or architectural photographers wildlife photographers what what have you and you're like why why is my photograph not as good as that and it's just like i'm not into it i'm not into i don't know enough about it i'm not into i'm not super into i don't have the subtext yeah exactly and i think that's if if for anything of one of the any if you had to point to one thing as to um in terms of my photography it's it's that i'm fucking nerd about this stuff i love i know what i'm shooting i know i know the clothing i know what you know i know what this person's wearing um and i know how ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and it's just been down to how i want to see it i'm like that's how i want to try and capture it um and i think that's that's the biggest thing it's just uh it's less about the equipment these days it's like that will obviously help, but I think this, it's not going to help you unless you have that um, that love of what you're, you know, if you're not into into what it is that you're trying to capture. Yeah, yeah you can't buy a good fit pick, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could pay someone to take a good one of you, but... <laughs> yeah, a, a photographer friend of mine, I, uh, I, I we were talking about something a couple of years ago, and he said something that really stuck with me. Because I'm not a photographer, but I take, you know, I take photos because the camera on my phone is pretty solid. And he was like, um, the, you know, the best camera uh, in the world is the one you have on you at all times. And I was like, wow, that, yep. that makes sense. Like, you know, just documenting, yeah. you know, documenting the dumb shit that I see at a yard sale or like <laughs> uh, a really, you know, some, yeah. some really cool painting that I'm, you know, that I see on the side of a building, like. I don't know. It, like it, it kind of changed the way that I thought about it. Matt is going to see in the thrift store and not buy for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Connor, <laughs> right. Connor gets very mad because I, I find really cool art, but like shipping art is is not a thing that I really want to try to do. From Georgia, yeah, it would just be preposterous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful yeah. nautical. It was a nautical portrait, not in a schlocky way. It was yeah. like an oil painting of a captain in a huge frame. It was tight. Yeah, it was like and it was Matt also like left it in the store. It was like four feet by three feet. You know, it, that would have been a pain in the ass. <laughs> in, in, in other words, more reason to buy it. <laughs> you could have hang glided it up here. You could have hung glide. 
Yeah, yeah. Attach it to a couple of pigeons and just send them on their way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can tell this is not a sore point at all, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, certainly yeah. not. <laughs> we'll retread that tire later on. Sure. So you went over what you look for. Mm. What is your favorite street style Pokemon to capture? Oh, man. Um, it's weird. It's nowadays. The, it's weird because the majority of what I shoot um, tends to be at Pity in Florence. Um, I don't I'd love to actually maybe one day, maybe that is the way of looking at it, is to try and do go and do Paris or Milan. Um, fashion weeks just to kind of just for something different i feel like in terms of the type of style that i'm into i don't think i'd necessarily see as much of it in those cities as i would in florence so one of the reasons why i keep going back uh right to pity is is because i know i'm like it's fish in a barrel you're like really concentrated in one area and you're like beautiful you know beautiful city um so you know you're gonna yeah. see what you want to capture florence is also an incredible um, place like Florence in general is exactly. just phenomenal. Exactly. Um, so you're kind of, you, you luck out with like the, as you say, the backdrop that you have to shoot those people on. Um, yeah. But I think it's weird having, having been gone, you know, twice a year for over 10 years now. Um, I've kind of photographed a lot of the guys that, uh, as you say, the, the, um, the people that I want to, I want to capture. Like I think, I feel like I've mostly got, everybody that i wanted to, i've wanted to shoot or got a good shot of of them like where i'm pleased i'll still want to you know because obviously everybody's going to be always wearing stuff different things and you know new and interesting styles in a different way or whatever so you're always going to want to reshoot those guys um mm -hmm. but now nowadays it's more i love trying to find and the and obviously instagram has made this even harder where the guys who have great style understandably are you know held up on on social media and uh, on these kind of platforms so a lot more people know about them and so at events like pity there everybody photographs them but trying to find that one guy where you're kind of like oh snap nobody knows about this guy like i want to um you know i want to shoot this guy like i remember when i did um when I brought my book out, um, this guy, mm -hmm. I, one of the guys that I wanted to use in the book was Gerardo Cavalieri, who everybody knows now. Um, but at the time, right. he was pretty low key. Like, it, you know, in, I mean, I don't know if Instagram was maybe that small, it was smaller back then or whatever. But um, I remember I had only come across him on Matt Rannick's uh, Instagram. And I asked Matt, I was like, hey, could you introduce me? I've, I'm working on this project. Um, you know, you have this Italian Indiana Jones on there. I'm like, can you please, um, I'd love to have him in the book. And, uh, and I, you know, Gerardo was very sweet and was very, you know, considering like this random dude's like, you know, emailed him out of the blue. It was just kind of like, Hey man, I want to come take pictures of you in your city. He was like, really like, you know, like absolutely. It was incredibly generous with his time. Showed me around Rome, which was great. Hell um, Yeah. Then, and he and he looks amazing. And then hilariously, I remember, <laughs> I was like, understandably, Rannick snaked me. And Rannick, that was the first when Matt released uh, his, the first issue of his magazine. That was mm -hmm. Gerardo on the cover, understandably. And I remember being like, 
damn it, Matt. Like, <laughs> yeah, on, your man. spot. <laughs> he beat me. He beat me to the punch. But I'm like, and then since then, like, you know, um, I see Gerardo understandably like being featured um, everywhere, and everybody's holding him up, rightfully so, as like this incredibly stylish man. I just remember seeing him on Matt's uh, on Matt's Instagram and being like, he was. <laughs> I, I always I embellish or misremember things and I'm like in my head he was basically wearing this like chambray shirt with like I think a red neckerchief or bandana or something like that mm. these kind of like high-waisted army fatigues or something and in my head I think this is where I'm embellishing he was had like this leather gun holster all around his arms <laughs> around his shoulders okay and <laughs> that did not go where I thought it was going to go but sure and he's standing next to this biplane um and i and basically he was like i think the caption was something like i've just flown this baby down into and i'm like wait what this guy and so every time i go back to the picture i'm like right there was no gun holster but in my mind i'm like he just looked like this awesome guy from as i say from an indiana i thought he was this italian indiana jones guy rode horses <laughs> as well and i was like I was like, wait, what? And then he's like, oh, and then he's in Rome and he's being, you know, he's um, in his atelier, you know, creating these beautiful um, tailored garments and stuff. And I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? This is nuts. And um, wow. But yeah, it's, and it's, it's to kind of come back around to what we were talking about. Um, it's trying to find those kinds of guys or finding the, those people where I'm like, holy shit, who is this? I've never seen. And it's become much, much, much harder these days, purely because, as I say, everybody's got a phone, everybody's got a camera on their on them. So it's being, you know, this style, these people are being documented far more than they ever were when I was kind of coming up. But I feel like every now and again, you can find them. They are they are out there, man. They are out there. Yeah, it, it's all yeah. just dumb luck. You got to catch them all. Yeah, exactly. You got to yeah. catch them all. Exactly. Just out of curiosity, have uh, and mm. I, I'm just not remembering, but have you ever uh, shot Luciano Barbera? No, no. Oh, okay. Is, um, there's a couple. There's a friend of mine, uh, another Canadian guy called Neil Watson, I believe, uh, who has this amazing photograph of him. Um, I think I'm correct in thinking it's. I think it's Luciano Barbera. Um, and it was, he had this, I think he shot him, shot him with film as well. And it's this incredible photograph of him. And I just being like, yeah, I get so professionally jealous at times when I see some of my peers or other photographers work and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, the, and that, I remember that shot that Neil took. I was like, this is phenomenal. Um, and I just had never, it's that sometimes that thing where uh, you're not around, like he, uh, you know, these people aren't either turning up or like, I remember, I don't, I'm not too sure where this gentleman lives, but there was um, a, a gentleman who Scott Schumann always shoots, Beppe Modenese, um, mm -hmm. and like very, very old Italian gentleman, not too sure where he is in Italy, but he was another guy where I'm like, oh man, I'd love to shoot him. But it's like, unless these people are attending pity, I'm like, it's going to be much harder for me to kind of try and um, try and photograph them. So yeah, it's weird. Like that then is, would also be people that I'd still um, would love to photograph one day if I could, but um, the likelihood of that um, is probably less so than um, the the people I'd come across at, um, in Florence or London, for example. Right, right. Well, I hope that that comes to fruition for you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So uh, I think 
it was either last week or a couple of weeks back. Um, you, you know, you posted some stuff on, uh, on Instagram from shooting mm. a polo campaign. Um, of course we have to meet yes. our, our Ralph quotient for the, or our, sorry, our Ralph <laughs> quota for the show. But, uh, what is the process like of shooting such a huge international brand? Um, so that was, uh, it was amazing. Like I, um, Ralph and I, we've kind of, <laughs> Ralph, like, if I'm not <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we have danced around each other a bit. So I did something for them, funnily enough, ages ago where, uh, when my, when this guy came out, uh, there, and obviously they're huge global brand. They have many, many different, uh, departments globally and the UK, um, I think the the UK arm of their PR department reached out and they were they liked the book and they basically were like liked the idea of doing something similar. So we we I basically got um I think it was four uh four of my friends uh and they were wearing um polo the polo collection from I think it was was this no from that autumn winter uh, whenever it was um either autumn winter nineteen or autumn winter twenty. Um and, for, and it was specifically for the uh, produced for they had just launched the polo app um, and they kind of wanted uh, it was a similar idea like so these guys wearing styling out polo in their in their manner shot in the kind of their environments around London and stuff um, and it featured yeah. on the app and loved that loved working on that it was great uh, you know for me that was like again a bucket list thing to kind of be like oh snap I've shot something for polo now which is amazing um, and then obviously COVID hit and and yeah, and then everybody's kind of just been kind of picking themselves up and getting themselves back on their feet, whatever, um, you know, in the last three or four years. And we've kind of been in touch with each other, either sometimes from the US department, sometimes from the European department of just like availability and stuff like that. So they'll always reach, they'll reach out and kind of be like, check on my availability for certain things. And unfortunately, in the past, it's like we haven't been able to land on anything. Um, and it just so happened that um, this time around, they were basically preparing the launch for this the mass, this massive launch for their new collection for Polo called Polo Originals, which they had shot at Goodwood um, at the racetrack there. Um, and they were essentially launching part of it uh, or the same weekend as uh, that um, the, the latest Goodwood Festival of Speed. So they were one of the two major sponsors for that a festival and the idea was they asked me to go along with another photographer to kind of capture um guests that they had invited um to the the paddocks where they were um so they were mm. they had this ralph lauren area right on the um starting grid of the race and um, where all these kind of vintage cars race incredible incredible festival and they basically were like can you do what you do and reach out you know do what you do and photograph the event and photograph these people coming through like so basically like reportage um, event photography um and which then was going to sit alongside the campaign that had been shot um at goodwood um you know by um i can't remember the name of it um the gentleman who um shot it um but alongside that the incredible campaign that um that was shot then and i was just like oh my god that would be amazing um and it's always that thing. It's that kind of pinch me moment where you're always a bit like, um, hopefully it comes off and you know, there may be something they're going to turn. I still suffer incredibly from imposter syndrome and I'm like, now nah, they're going to turn around and be like, Oh wait, we, sorry. We thought you were somebody else. Um, <laughs> 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 we, we do, 
we don't want you to like it's not you we want this guy to shoot it and i'm like waiting until the and you know event and made it out there and um managed to kind of one be in that environment like at goodwood which is incredible see all the stuff the ralph lauren like um as i said the, the paddock that they kind of had created which had all the imagery and the the video that had been created specifically for the campaign was able to meet um i cannot unfortunately always struggle to pronounce his last name john varjev um who's oh yes i had uh, zero idea yeah zero idea a hero an absolute hero of mine yeah. and a fellow mm-hmm. canadian which i did not realize and I oh really had the pleasure, no, yeah, and had the pleasure of meeting him and his uh, him and his wife Patty, who were attending obviously um, the the festival, and that was just an ama- absolutely amazing experience. Um, just, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, it, but it's it's an insane it's an insane process. Like it's about as um, intense as you could think it would be for right. a brand that size. It's, um, but it made less intense because everybody that you're working with the team that's they had a team that i was working with um you know from ralph and stuff everybody's on it everybody knows what they're doing everybody's into what they're doing as well like everybody wholly buys into everything that's trying to be created there and the experience and that the world of ralph so um you know you're just trying to do your little part to facilitate you know what's what's needed Um, yeah but yeah absolutely incredible experience there, there are a few brands that really, um, in my opinion, like do what Ralph does well. And honestly, yeah. I can't think of another brand that like has basically an entire lifestyle built into their, you know, brand DNA. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I it's, also, uh, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny question. It's cause I've, I asked this question uh, to a lot of uh, my friends in the industry is that I'm like, I do. I also. Do you think it would be at all possible for any brand these this day and age to create something, given even given time, to create some the same, uh, you know, uh, world that Ralph uh, right. Ralph's created? And it's right. like it, everything is so diversified now that it's like I just don't think yeah. it's possible. Like every you know, like the the sheer spectrum of what they do, like menswear, women's wear casual formal lifestyle home you know what i mean it's like it's absolutely insane um and i just don't think it's like i don't think anybody could do it these days i don't think so either um i mean i i you know i feel like some japanese um companies or conglomerates you know beams united arrows etc they they get close but it's not it's not on the same level um and and it's done a different way i think that's 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 the astounding thing is that it's like yeah i mean and i love beams but i'm like you know you know it's ralph's synonymous everywhere everywhere you know like that 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 little um polo player man like it's you know it's globally recognized right you can go to the middle of nowhere and if if someone saw you wearing a little pony on your chest they would be like oh yeah oh you like polo exactly exactly yeah, I was just going to say, like, a lot of the stuff that I see that is, like, sort of further out from clothing that they make, it kind of makes sense. Like, towels, you would figure, yeah. kind of checks out, you know? Like, I don't know if people have, like, dinnerware 
polo yeah. dinnerware, but like that would not surprise me terribly. It just doesn't. Uh, I, I think that they have been able to make it all encompassing in a way that other brands haven't. And I don't really know why the other the other ones haven't. But to your point, I think that it's not possible at this point. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Uh, also, I've just just because I, I would be uh, be remiss if I didn't uh, remember, but I remember the photographers. Uh, it was Richard Fibbs is the guy who shot the uh, oh. originals campaign, and it's phenomenal. It's so good. Nice. Uh, yeah, we'll link to that. Yeah. Well, Jamie, man, this has been a, a super fun conversation, and uh, I'm going to be thinking about uh, menswear Indiana Jones for the rest of the day and giggling, giggling <laughs> yeah. in my head. We all will be, man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's that's an image that Sweet needs... dreams tonight, man. Sweet dreams. I, I really hope so. Um, yeah, thank you for coming <laughs> on. Um, we always like to give our guests a chance to shout out uh, themselves, whatever they want to, so please feel free. <laughs> no, I mean, thank, I will not shout out anything. I appreciate anybody who, you know, follows me on Instagram, whatever. Um, anybody who's familiar with my work, I really appreciate um, anybody who's, you know, given me a positive word in the past. Um, yeah, I appreciate everything. And thank you so much, you guys, for having me on. It's been a fun, a real fun discussion. Like, I love, again, I love kind of like talking menswear, talking photography um, with like-minded individuals, man. It's all good. Totally. Well, at least get, at least shout out yeah. your Instagram handle. Sure. So I'm at, at JKF underscore man on Instagram. Great, great. Follow, highly recommended. Um, yeah. So yeah. one more time. Uh, thank you, very, Jamie. Very, very good photography. Um, thank you. Thanks, thank you everyone for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, please uh, subscribe and rate on your platform of choice. Um, if you want to reach out, we are apocalypsestuds at gmail.com, at apocalypsestuds on Instagram. Um, I am Matt Smith, at Rebels Rogues. And I'm Connor Fowler, at Connor Fowler. And we will see you next week.